welcome to episode six of Andrew and Andrew on Texas Criminal Defense. Andrew, how you doing, man? I'm good. How are you, Andrew? I'm fantastic. Excellent. So uh, today, let's kind of talk about a pretty heavy subject. Let's talk about DWIs. In the oh, state of I thought you were going to talk about my weight. No, no. Okay, Not today, good. at good, least. Maybe good. episode seven. Um, so DWI, you know, everybody, uh, for all of you listening, um, this is not uh, an easy topic. We've decided to kind of go over uh, some things today, not in the hopes that we're making uh, making all of you better drunk drivers. Yeah, we don't like drunk drivers. We, we really don't. Uh, don't do it. Always have a designated driver. My friends will tell you anytime we go out that they know, unless we have like a chauffeur or something like that, that. I'm going to designate drive. I've done that before I became an attorney. I've done it basically as long as I've been able to drink. I just, well, one, I don't like being intoxicated. I've only right. done that a few times. didn't like the way it felt. But I really don't like drunk drivers. So yeah. I just say, hey, I'll drive, and I drink iced tea and, and water, and, and, and just well, yeah, I think and it's you, smart. You know, uh, now, certainly as a, as a criminal defense attorney, just how easy – it takes oh, it's incredibly for the easy. average person to get arrested for DWI. This is probably the only crime in the state of Texas that's an opinion crime, and it's the only crime in the state of Texas that affects every individual or could potentially affect every individual, regardless of class or race or gender. Right. I, I, call, I call it, it's an every person's offense. Yeah. Because if you've ever had a drink and then driven your car you are potentially DWI. Right. And, and I've talked to a lot of people about this subject, you know, professionals, um, uh, working people, any adult, college students. And I said, have you ever driven home and the next morning you thought, oh, maybe I shouldn't have done that. You basically are admitting to yourself, I was probably DWI. You just didn't get caught. Right. Yeah. And, you, and, and in fact, it doesn't even have to be because of alcohol. I mean, you can be intoxicated on any substance. Any marijuana, foreign substance in right. your body. Right. Yeah. Marijuana, uh, prescription pills. Um, non-prescription pills. Non-prescription pills. You, 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 water. You, <laughs> anything. Right. right. You, 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 take, you take a couple of Benadryl, uh, which you know people take as a sleep aid or as an allergy medicine. My brother and I have taken it all of our life. It doesn't really bother us. You, take, you don't take it normally. You take a couple of Benadryl. And you're suddenly woozy, and the room's a little shaky, and my friends, you could have a DWI on your hands from two Benadryl that you got at the HEB or the Tom Thumb or wherever right. you get your, uh, your allergy medicine. So, Andrew, what, what, are, what are some reasons why, uh, you know, what would, what would be a reason why somebody, like an officer, would pull somebody over uh, and be immediately thinking DWI? Well, I think I think, wow, that that that's a lot of question. Let's yeah. start with why someone could get pulled over. Right. All right. Obviously, Probably if you're what I was trying to spit out. Right. Okay. So if I'm if you're speeding, yeah, you can get stopped. If you don't make a proper stop at a stop sign, you can get you can get pulled what over. What does that mean? Well, that that's a whole nother talk. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> if you don't actually stop behind that white stripe, right? right. Well, that yeah. uh, I've I've got a case working on that right now, and and that's a whole nother topic on on stop signs. All right, um, <laughs> uh, don't don't get me started. Um, if if you are 
weaving outside your lane. If you if you fail to maintain a single lane, uh, they could pull you over. If you're in a if you're in an accident, yeah, obviously that's right. a reason uh, for to call law enforcement uh, to your attention. Um, uh, but if you're stopped for speeding, if you're stopped, um, you know, for a moving violation, you didn't use your blinker or whatever. You ran a red light. You ran a red light. I mean, they're not imme- like an officer is not immediately thinking, I got an, I got a DWI here. Probably not, but it's going to depend on time of day, yeah. location, okay. where they saw you. If they saw you leave someplace, we'll get to that as we go through this. Well, even um, the time of year, right? Like time of year. So if it's if it's basically there are called no refusal weekends throughout our state. Um, uh, Any time between about the fifteenth of December and about the third of January, most counties have a no refusal weekend. They're going to automatically assume you could be DWI. Um, Memorial Day, Labor Day, Fourth of July weekend um, yep. are the big ones. Those are probably the big four. Right. Um, and so it could be two o'clock in the afternoon, and you're driving home from Christmas dinner. Well, uh, if you're a family that that enjoys uh, some red wine and some mulled cider uh, while opening presents and, and and carving your turkey on Christmas Day. It's two o'clock in the afternoon. The weather's lovely, and uh, you're headed over the hills and through the woods to grandmother's house, and suddenly you're going to see uh, uh, the inside of a county jail. Yeah, that's a different kind of Santa. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, so, ho, ho, ho. Yeah, right. So so it's, it's important to note that because DWI is an opinion crime, by that we mean the officer has to make an opinion based on his investigation uh, or the traffic stop or whatever, um, that, that it could affect literally anybody for doing just, you know, seemingly normal activities, right? Like speeding. I, I have a bad problem with speeding on the interstate. And that, that could put me in, in jeopardy of going to jail for DWI. Right. Um, so immediately when an officer sees a traffic violation or sees some reason to pull you over, he has reasonable suspicion to stop you, to perform a traffic stop, that dash cam is on. You are being recorded. Um, hopefully their audio is working on their, on their uniform, their body cams now. Uh, those are pretty prevalent throughout the state. Hopefully those are on. But your, that dash camera comes on uh, roughly 30 seconds prior to the officer uh, turning his lights on, right, so activating those overhead yeah. emergency lights, as they call them in the reports. Right, so they're they're constantly recording. Um, whenever whenever an officer is on duty, they just you know the the triggering effect of turning those stoplights on, those red and blues or red and whites, whatever they are. Uh, they're red and blues. Red and blues. Right. They trigger the uh, that tells the the onboard computer the the that controls the dash cam to, to record, start recording that from 30 seconds prior to that event. Right. And it's interesting. You can, we watch those all the time, but if you, if you don't, you'll notice it, it, it goes back 30 seconds. There's no sound during that 30 seconds. And then you hear this beep, beep. Mm-hmm. And I know that was loud and annoying, but that's exactly how it is in the video. And suddenly yep. the audio comes on because basically it's picked up from that previous loop to live time recording. Right. Um, and, uh, and, and even sometimes an officer can turn those on manually, the the record or start recording that video manually if he sees 
for instance, uh, some weaving on a car but doesn't want to turn his, his uh, traffic lights right, on. Right, he's yet. trying to determine if this was, hey, somebody's met- messing with their radio or are they... Texting or whatever, or, right? Well, texting's an offense. You can't do that. Okay. Don't do that. That's true. That's a reason to get pulled over. Messing with your not, radio is not an offense. Yeah. Is not an offense. Um, so we're going to go with messing with the radio. So, okay, so Andrew. Yeah. I am driving down the highway. Um, I make a mistake, and I and I cross the lane divider. Come back to my lane. I'm getting pulled over. What is uh, what are what okay? Are the, so let's stop right there. Let, okay. Oh man, I, I get so excited on stops. <laughs> I, I love probable cause. First of all, is there a you're saying there is a lane divider? Yes. So so multi. Let's just say I'm out on the interstate, multi lane okay. highway. There's an interstate literally about 150 yards from where we're sitting right so, now. So let's assume we're on that one. Okay. <laughs> and, Here uh, that would be I-20 for those of you playing along at home. And and I cross the lane divider, right? So the 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 dotted line. The the dotted white line. White line going down the going down the road. I right. move. You know my my passenger side tires move from my lane because you're in the far left lane because you're speeding because that's what that's where I that's where I park yes <laughs> and then I go you know I, I move into the middle lane briefly and go back to the okay all right the fast lane all right so so transportation code I love the transportation code it's so so juicy yeah um, transportation code five four five point oh six o a you you shall specifically specifically okay, I looked right. I looked it up before we started. <laughs> I, I, I told you I love the transportation code. Uh, you shall drive as nearly as practical within one lane, and if you fail to maintain a lane, that main that 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 failure to maintain should be done safely. Right. So they have to prove both that okay. you fail that you not only that you didn't maintain a lane, but that the move was unsafe. Unsafe for whom? Well, that's see. That, see, we've already gotten to an to 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 a subjective question, haven't we? What I, well, what makes it unsafe? Well, um, I guess that, the, that would be: is there other traffic? Right. Um, Time of day. What are the weather conditions? Weather conditions. Like what were you trying to? Were you trying to avoid something in the road? Because again, nearly as practical. Yeah. I can't maintain a single lane if there's, there's debris in the road. Yeah. Right. We've seen <laughs> couches, chairs, livestock, uh, <laughs> livestock. Um, so I had uh, a motion to suppress on this one time. We're not going to get into the full fact pattern of that, but the officer did say on the stand, uh, well, it was unsafe for me, meaning the officer was saying that move put his life in danger. It was unsafe for him. And wow, that's, I had, I had that's... him testify as to where he was positioned in relation to the driver. Oh, I was behind him. Okay, and how far? I don't know, 30 to 50 feet. And were you traveling in the same Direction, yes. So no way was he ever going to hit you. He wasn't going to sideswipe you or anything like that. No. Okay. Unless so, one of you hit an acceleration pedal or a brake pedal simultaneously right. exactly. as the move. Yeah, it was outrageous. Um, and, and how that, fast were they going that the officer was following at thirty to fifty feet? Oh, I don't know, man. Okay. Uh, see, that'd be. It, see, I'd, I'd, I'd love that. No, these was, are things it, America it like, wants it, to know. It was. It was. It wasn't on the interstate. It was like a forty, maybe thirty to forty mile an hour okay. type road. All right. So, so, so a safe distance. Yeah. Right. Okay. And maybe thirty to fifty is a, is a little bit exaggerated, but regardless, that motion to suppress was granted. Thankfully. Good for you. Yeah. Good nice, for you, Mister Harris. Nice. So, okay. So, okay. Hold on. Hold on. I'm stopping right there. This is an aside. Several of my friends, who I actually know, have said all they can now hear. If you if you heard episode two, uh, Andrew Harith said he doesn't have a lisp, 
but now I have friends coming up going, so does Enthuherif have a lisp? And for those of you, anyone who has a speech impediment, I deeply uh-huh. apologize. Yeah. But, but sorry, it just struck me and I, I had I to I find that. myself, like, in my career, having to enunciate words more, like, before and after I say my last name. Because it is H-E-R-R-E-T-H. That's a th sound, not a s. Right. It's not right. heris. Sorry, that has nothing to do with what we're saying, but Whatever. I just had to go there. Okay. I forgot where we were at. So, anyway. That, so motion, let's to, say, that motion to suppress got granted. Well, it did. And that's a good thing for my client. But... Um, and, and, and bravo to the, to the judge here who, who told the state that that is not okay, uh, to be arresting people for, for something like that, uh, or, or pulling them over for a, a minuscule, uh, reason like that. Not right. even a violation of the transportation code. So, um, let's say I'm pulled over right. for the weaving. Let's okay. It, let's call it weaving. Okay. All right. Because the sometimes officer, they'll say weaving within a lane. Well, that's right. not a violation, yeah. but, but we have seen people get pulled over for that. Of course. Officers at my window, what what are the <laughs> like what what do we see in every single offense report that an officer is gonna note at that point in time oh, during the, the encounter? The, the, these are classics. You and I have talked about this just a few minutes ago prior to, to recording. Um, the first thing they're gonna say is I observed uh, glassy red eyes. Well, it's yeah. one o'clock in the morning. Right. And in Texas Ten months out of the year are allergy season. The other two months, you're lying. It's still allergy season. Um, So glassy red eyes means I've been awake a long time and I have allergies, but they'll list it every time. Sure. Um, They'll list that you have slurred speech. Well, I've never heard you speak, and your your name happens to be Harith. Yeah. And it's not a slurred speech. It's actually your name. Um, and then they'll say, and, and, I, and I, ha- I noticed a smell of alcohol on their breath or their person. And, and typically they're going to note about that, that smell of alcohol, that it's a strong odor of an alcoholic Right. Occasionally, occasionally you'll get lucky enough for it to say a slight or slight. moderate. Yeah. Um, um, but, but just let's just play devil's advocate. Uh, regardless of how much you had to drink, if you were at an event and someone spilled a beer on you... Right, exactly. ...and you head home, you're going to reek of beer because that smell grows for a while before it exactly, starts going yeah. away. So I'm driving home and I smell of beer. Yeah, and... I not, may not have had a drink. Exactly, not affecting you uh, in not, any way. Minus that I'm uncomfortable because my clothes are wet and smell of smell beer. Smell like beer, right. Right. And oh, that's such an awful smell too. It's like <laughs> it's like wet dog smell. It just it, you cannot get it out, right? No, nope, no. Nope. Um, and, and and the the other problem with I think the strong odor of an alcoholic beverage is because this is an opinion crime. The officer at that moment has already made up his mind. Yeah, they've they've established an opinion that that with those things, um, you are likely um, a candidate for being DWI if they haven't already made the determination in their own mind. Um, And then they'll they'll ask for something like, uh, I need your your driver's license and your insurance. Uh, On TV, they'll say in registration, but in Texas, our registration is actually on the front of the car. They don't have to ask for that. So they'll ask for your driver's license and insurance. And inevitably, somebody will kind of fiddle in their wallet not finding their driver's license full out, uh, even though it's kind of the thing you can see easily. Yeah. 
or um, they have to search their car for their insurance. Well, you know, where do I keep? Is it is it in the middle console? Is it in the glove box? Is it in the? And so they do that, and they say, well, they couldn't find their right. insurance quickly. Well, and it's it, it potentially is late at night. Maybe you're tired. You've got a fully armed man standing right outside your window, right, demanding right. these things. It's going to be a little nervous, right? It has. It, it, is that really indicative of 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 being intoxicated, or is that indicative of I'm nervous uh, and um, I don't often, how often do I find my insurance while I'm out? Right. Either, uh, I'm replacing my card or, um, I'm not looking for my insurance. So yeah. it's not something I get to every day. I don't get my driver's license out every day either. Right. Right. Yeah. But those will be reasons that they'll go, okay. So when these things happened, I said, um, uh, the officer will say, uh, I'd like for you to step uh, back here to the back of back of your car in front of my car. Right. Why is he doing that? Well, he's doing that partly so that everything can be uh, more clearly seen on uh, his video camera. Right. Okay. Um, That's something that we want. We want we want transparency. We want right, everybody right. to be able to see what happened. Exactly. And and it protects. It really protects the officer and our client. And um, uh, to, to be fair, more than once I've had I've had clients come in and go, Mr. Decker, I, I did great on this. You know, I, I don't know why I stopped. And I watched exactly, the video, yeah. and I go, well, Why don't you come in my office? And I turn the the computer screen around, I push play, and I said, We're only going to watch a couple of minutes. And after a couple minutes, of, I, truly two or three minutes out of you know, like fifteen or twenty, I stop it and I said, Do you need to see more? And they're like, No, Mr. Decker. Yeah. They 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 are they are either exactly. belligerent. They they they're mean to the cop. Or they're staggering and really are slurred. They they really are probably intoxicated, and they're acting like a jerk, and or they're acting like a jerk. So I can't. Yeah. We can't go to a jury and go, "Hey, he's not drunk," because it's going to be hard for that jury to get past. You were a jerk. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. And that's not a crime, but but it's hard. We're emotional people. We don't like to see uh, officers, law enforcement treated with disrespect because they're trying to do their job. And so naturally a jury is going to come to the defense of the person who's, who's being ill-treated. Yeah, so, you know, that, that's an important point. A lot of times defense attorneys get a bad rap. You know, like we're just out to um, talk bad about police officers or do anything that we can to get our clients uh, off the case, you know, uh, prevent our clients from taking responsibility. A lot of times that's just not true. We want to make sure that the state can prove their case, that everything is happening legally, um, and everything's on the up and up. You know, uh, one of my favorite, uh, well, it's just, a, I think, a, a trial tactic for any defense attorney to use is, is um, questioning the quality of the witness's memory, right? So we always say, like, maybe this officer or maybe this other witness misremembered something, and quite often that happens with our own clients. So these videos really do help, and now they have body cams, which I think provide a different perspective, sometimes good, sometimes bad for our clients, um, but I, I think the more transparency, the more videos, the more audio that we have, the better uh, for, for our cases. Yeah, the hard, the hard part is it just means a whole lot more work of watching videos that become, in our world, kind of monotonous. Sure, of but, course. So, so, they, so they take them to the back of the car um, uh, so that it all, all can be on that, on that dash cam video, and the officer's going uh, to say to the person who's been pulled over, we just want to do a few tests, and they say, to make sure you're safe to drive. I, I think that might be um, the most overused 
line in America. And do you think that because they're being truthful at that moment? I, I, no. I, right. I, and I'm not saying they're lying. I'm not saying they're being untruthful, but it's not what they're doing. They're not making sure you're safe to drive. They didn't get you out of your car to make sure you're okay to drive. They got you out of your car to do a DWI investigation. Those are different things. Right. Um, but I think that it makes people feel a little more at ease to say, okay, well, let's take the test because I know I'm safe to drive. Why? Um, I've been driving. Um, I've been driving for a while, and I'm almost home. I know I'm safe to drive. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay, so officer pulls you out of the car back to um, the back of my car in front of, the, uh, in front of his patrol car. What's going to happen next, right? Okay, so the first thing the officer is going to do is say, hey, um, do, you have, do you wear glasses, contacts? They're about to do what we call the HGN test. What's that mean? Horizontal so, gaze nystagmus test. Did yeah. I say that all correctly? Yes. Um, yes. We, call it, we, we call it HGN for a reason. Um, it's what I call the eye test. Uh, I said, did they do the eye test? And everybody goes, oh, yeah. And I said, they held the pin, and they go, okay, now look over here, now look over here, and then they do it back and forth a few times, and, yep. and, and everyone goes, yeah, I did that. I did that great. Um, how do I know I did that great? Because I could see the pin the whole time. Right. right. Now, that's not what they're looking that's for, not Right. right. The officer is looking for your eyes shaking um, out on the edge on either side. The hard right. part is um, most of the time that test, they're going to say your eyes shook on both side, both eyes, both ends, maybe even up and down, which are actually part of the HGN test, but they've started to include it. Because notice right. it's, it's horizontal gaze nystagmus, but they've added a vertical, uh, a vertical yeah. which is not part of the test, so I don't know why they do it, but, but they'll throw it in. Um, and I've only seen one body cam where it was clear enough where I could see the eyes. Yeah, most of the time we're not able to recreate what the officer actually saw on the night in question in court. Right, not clear enough to be able to see if those eyes are actually shaking. Right. Um, and we definitely can't see, we can't, we can't smell what he says he smelled. Right, yeah. Um, so, so we're at a little bit of a disadvantage there. But So I really focus on the next two tests, the standard field sobriety test. And yeah. there's two of them, basically. Right. Before we move in okay, there, sorry. but it's important to note on the HGN that it's the involuntary movement of the eyes. They're going to say the intoxication was affecting you to the point that your eye muscles were weakened, and so your eye was shaking. Um, and really, the what's good for the jury, if we can't see your eyes, um, it is just showing a jury like, well, look, they're, they're standing straight. They're not swaying. They're not, they're not falling down. Um, hopefully you're not swaying or falling down at that moment. But, but right. just your... <laughs> again, you know, that'd be when I show them the video and go, we don't want anyone we, to ever see this we, video ever again. Let's, let, yeah. let's, let's find a plea deal. So, so that's an important part of that test. Even if we can't see the eye, we still want to make sure that the subject is on video while that test is, is being right. performed. Because I've actually seen one, and again, it's an officer that I recognize her name. I've seen their work before um, because they do a lot. They're, they're a DWI uh, basically, investigator for city of Fort, or for the city of Fort Worth, yeah. and he didn't properly do the the, the initial uh, t basically making sure that he was qualified to take the test, and so right. so it went to trial, and I used that against the officer to say you didn't even qualify him properly, and he couldn't, you know, I couldn't really see the eyes, but I could count the number of passes yeah. and found out that it just didn't work, and so we. 
Yeah, it, that it, test still has it's standardized. It still has to be done in a prescribed manner for right. those results to be. You, you can't validated. you can't compress them. Correct. Um, right. And so, and and he he's a good officer. It was a mistake. I don't think that that it was somehow he was trying to trying to. Yeah, railroad your client. Or no, I, I think yeah. you made a mistake. It sure. happens. Right. Um, but to the benefit of my client that night. Yeah. All right. So what's the next one usually uh, that we see? Or I guess the two walking tests. So uh, first one, you want to talk about the walk and turn? Yeah. Uh, well, I, I, some people call it the walk and turn. Some people call it walk the line. Walk the line. I, I yeah. call it walk the line, um, a WTL. Uh, so the officer is going to give you some instructions. He's going to say, stand with your right foot in front of your left foot, or uh, yeah, usually right in front of left or left in front of right. It doesn't matter, really. He's going to say, stand like this, and stay in that position while I give you the instructions for the test. And he's then going to explain, you're going to take nine heel-to-toe steps down a straight line, and, and sometimes you're in a parking lot or on the side yeah. of the road, and you can see a line, and other times he'll say, imagine a line from right. here to here. Um, I like the line better. It's well, I, but my, my imaginary line... May um, not be straight. Yeah, it's, it curves. So, uh, <laughs> so I prefer my imaginary line. Actually. Right, right. Um, and we've all heard that argument. Um, but they'll say, take nine heel-to-toe steps, and at the end, you're going to take uh, several little steps, turn around and come back again, nine heel-to-toe steps. Count each step out loud. Um, uh, and he gives an example, and I say the officer's a he, 90% of the time it is. Uh, and they do three, and they'll say, I'm going to take three steps and do the turn and three back. You're going to do nine. Mm-hmm. And the whole time you're standing there in this awkward position of one foot in front of the other, okay, which is a little out of balance. It's not a natural standing position. Yeah. So, so you sway a little bit, and they just went one. Yeah. Well, the you know, they're not... They, they're not telling you what they're looking for either, right? right? right. So they, when they're counting, they're counting either internally or to themselves. They're not letting you know, up. Oh. That was one. Yeah. Um, you get uncomfortable in that position or you lose your bounce a little bit. So you take a normal standard standing position. Right. Well, why? I'm watching the officer do his, his version. natural. Right. Right. Um, and, you know, and it's, it's about a, it takes about a minute for him to explain it all. And so you, you, you assume a natural, let's say, at ease position and, he or she just went, in their mind, two. Yeah. Now, they only, there are six clues, and two of them equal a fail, so you just failed, and you've never taken a step. Um, yeah. Well, so, 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 yeah, so the de- decision point is two, right? So they only need two on that, uh, and they're going to say, they're going to tell a jury, you know, this person, out of uh, however many clues, eight clues, um, they had two, which indicates intoxication. Right, and then and then you start actually taking your steps, right? Yeah. Um, so so by heel to toe, they're supposed to be within like an inch, inch and a half. Right. Often we can't see how close they are, and the officer will say that they failed to meet heel to toe. Well, the officer didn't tell you it has to truly be almost exactly heel to toe, and most officers will count a neg will count against you if they're not heel to toe, but there's really actually in the code a little bit of a variance. Right. Yeah. Um, they'll say you step if you step off the line, that's a clue. If you when you get to the end, and, and this is something I, I'll ask people when they when they do a turn and it looks like a military or a band turn. They put one fit and they and they pivot over both and they come back and it's like a marching style. And I'll say, were you in the high school band? And they'll be like, yeah. How'd you know? And I'm like, I watched your turn. Yeah. Or they'll be like, no, but I was in the military. And I'm like, oh, okay. 
I've seen a lady do a pirouette, like up on one toe, do a do do 180, plant back exactly on the line, and the officer counted her as a negative on that. And and literally, I asked the officer, which is harder, the little steps or to do what she did? And he goes, well, she didn't follow the directions. That's a clue. Yeah, but this seems to me, like especially on that improper turn, that it's a little bit of like spirit of the law versus letter of the law. Like, did the person fall down on their face when they were turning? No, and they did a harder turn. Right. They did an athletic move. (laughs) Some of this stuff makes no sense. And we're trying to, you know, people, normal people who have no criminal history are now going to have a conviction potentially because... Uh, they did not turn correctly. I right. mean, it's or, outrageous. Or, or they didn't count their steps out loud, even yeah. though you can see it was nine. Or they went to ten. Why? Because we more naturally go to ten than nine. Yeah. Um, or they stop, they pause. Well, if I'm walking a line and trying to maintain it, and I pause to catch, that, that's a natural reaction. Right. So, so, so that's the walk the line. And basically they need two clues out of, uh, depending on which, what you read, six or eight, and if you get three, you're definitely, they're definitely you're, saying you're saying you failed. Yeah. yeah. Um, then the next test. Um, yeah, the one leg stand. The one leg stand. Uh, they'll say, you know, you're going to stand on one leg and they give you some instruction. So the, on this one, yeah, they, they basically during the, the instruction phase of this test, you, you just stand there, um, stand straight feet together, place your arms down at your side, and then they'll tell you, maintain that position um, until you're told to do otherwise. Now, it's important to, to understand here, while you're standing there and the officer's looking down at his foot and he looks so perfect, like he's a, he's a gymnast um, with and he perfect does it, balance. And he, he does it for about three or four seconds. Yeah, yeah. And you're going to do it for 20 to 30 seconds. Yeah. 30 seconds to, oh, it's, it, anyway, so when this, when this officer is standing there on the walk and turn, on the one leg stand, doing these, this gymnastics routine, he looks great. Why? Because he does this every single day. This is his job. He's been trained to do it. He goes to school to do it. And he does it in his, in his line of work every single day. Why do police departments have a DWI officer, a, 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 an officer who they call out on all DWI stops because the other officers don't know how to do it. They can't stand there with one leg in the in the air like this other officer can, who does this routinely every single day. Right. And so, and, and, in front of a jury, we're looking at a, the the difference between you, who's an amateur, or me, who's an amateur at this, and an officer uh, who is a complete professional. Right. So, so let's let's talk about that just a little bit. There are actually some qualifications, especially on the one leg stand, uh, age. Uh, you're a, there, there's actually kind of an age limit. Of, yeah. You know, they've kind of said about anything over 60, really, it's not appropriate. If you've ever had a knee or a hip uh, problem. Sure, yeah. Um, uh, back problems. Back any problems. Any kind of health problems that would right. affect and, your, and, your balance. Or if you are, uh, they say, severely overweight. Yeah. Um, uh, so, so those are all things that can make it where you don't even qualify, and yet officers will often ask them, to take the test. Um, I had an officer tell me once that overweight people were had better balance than people who were not overweight because the extra fat 
<laughs> surrounded their like core, their their center of balance, and it was harder to knock them knock them over. So so we're back to that heavy subject we started with. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, I'm not looking at you, bud. Sorry. All right, all right. <laughs> but 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 those are the things that they're watching for the the, the standard field sobriety tests. And I want to stop here and, and say I've literally done these tests with some of my running friends after a Saturday morning run uh, of you know about eight miles. Did them in a parking lot, and three out of the five these are these are elite level athletes failed the tests after their run. They were a little dehydrated at this point, yeah. but mostly they didn't know what I was watching for. Right. So so the odds of you passing this test are about forty percent on a good day. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's and that's not assuming that you're stressed. They're, they weren't in fear of being arrested. They weren't worried that this was going to go against them. It was just me showing some friends how easy it is. Well, how easy the tests are, but how easy it is to fail because you don't know what the officer is looking for. Yeah, so this test has four clues. Decision point is two. So the decision point on this one is the same as the walking Right, where you're going nine right. steps down, nine steps back, that's 18 steps and, and total. And that, that could be that you sway, Yeah, you lift your hands more than six inches from your, from your body. Right. Um, put you your put, your, you put your foot down, uh, you hop. Right, those are, those are the main ones. And then, and then uh, also, if you don't count out loud or if you miscount or you don't say 1,001, 1,002, you just say one to right. that's counting wrong. And so so there're just lots of things they're looking for. There are many more decision there are many more possibilities of making a mistake than four. Yeah. And and yet two two, two as, as I've told several people in both these tests they're really about 30 points. Yeah. And right. when I was in junior high school and that's been a long time ago, but in junior high school, you know, we had to grade each other's papers on math quizzes. If if I miss two out of out of thirty, I could miss three out of thirty and still get an A. Yeah. But DPS says the the, the Texas state law says that two out of thirty missing two out of thirty is a fail. You have failed the test. That's right. Indicates um, intoxication. Indicates intoxication. The danger becomes that you then have a conviction that follows you for the rest of your life. Right. Which we are going to talk about more. In part two of our series here, this uh, this episode's getting a little long. It's because um, you're long-winded. I, I, I just get so fired up about, uh, about these cases. Um, but those are the SFSTs, our standardized field sobriety tests, the horizontal gaze nystagmus, the eye test, the walk and turn or walk the line test, the one-leg stand test. Those are going to be the main part of a DWI investigation from an officer. So next time when we get, uh, when we drop the next episode, uh, part two, we'll talk about uh, what happens after these tests. Right. Andrew. Well, we, we may come back and catch one or two things I have in my notes we didn't catch. Um, but remember, please don't drink and drive. It is not worth it. It is not worth uh, the danger to other people on the road. It's not worth the money you're going to pay to Andrew or myself or some other attorney in your yeah. area. Um, it's not worth the, the, the cost on your insurance and the embarrassment. Don't, don't, don't drink and drive. Don't drink and drive. Thanks. If you are arrested, charged with DWI, give us a call. Right. Contact us on our website, texascrimdefense.com. 
And while you're at it, give us a rating and review on iTunes or wherever you're listening to this. Again, this is Andrew and Andrew. You've been listening to Texas Criminal Defense Podcast. Um, We are going to come back with part two where we talk more about DWI law, how it can affect you, what you're looking at. Until then, y'all stay safe out there, and we'll talk to you next time.